Chapter Two of the Submarine Boys on Duty. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Submarine Boys on Duty by Victor G. Durham. Chapter Two The Fighting Chance. My type of torpedo boat is going to rule the seas in naval warfare declared david pollard his eyes a kindle with the enthusiasm of the sincere inventor i'm sure of it replied jack benson quietly and that's why mr pollard hal and i are so anxious to get into this work mr pollard when your type of submarine diving torpedo boat is understood by the united states government you'll need some reliable and intelligent experts take us in now let us learn the work with you let us go ahead keeping pace with the progress in pollard torpedo boats and you'll never be sorry you have two young fellows you can depend upon that's so if you can come near to making as good as you promise admitted the inventor thoughtfully but you're pretty young and that's the only fault with a pollard submarine boat rejoined jack benson artfully you've got to buck your boat against all the older types that the government already takes an interest in and yet you feel sure that you can do it you don't believe the pollard diving boat is too young give us the same show you ask for your boat well i've never seen any of your work except these drawings replied mr pollard indicating some sheets that lay on the table before them the chums had succeeded in making the inventor's acquaintance through the aid of the landlord it was now eleven o'clock at night jack and hal had been in the inventor's room for the last three hours benson had done most of the talking though hal had now and then put in some effective words david pollard was now thirty years of age tall lean and of pallid countenance he was a graduate of a technical school though not a practical mechanic he had a rather good lot of theory stored away in his mind he had inherited some money soon after leaving school but this money had vanished in inventions that he had not succeeded in marketing now all his hopes in life were centered in the submarine torpedo boat that was nearly completed pollard had had no money of his own to put into the craft jacob farnum was his friend and financial backer no one could grasp how much success with his submarine boat meant to this wearied yet hopeful inventor for years all his schemes had been laughed at by practical men it was success more than mere fortune for which david pollard hungered the officials of the navy department at washington had promised to inspect and try the boat when finished but that was all the encouragement that had come from the national capital if the pollard as the new craft was at present named should prove a failure then the inventor felt that he would be down indeed in the world and also he must feel that he had buried one hundred and fifty thousand dollars of the money of his loyal friend farnum in his present anxious worried frame of mind with few real believers in the possible success of his boat it was little wonder that david pollard was grateful for any intelligent interest or faith in his plans these two friends were but boys nor had they had any experience in submarine boat construction and yet they had shown the inventor that they knew much about machinery and marine engines in general and jack with his handy knack of sketching machinery had made a decided hit with poor pollard just put us in as apprentices begged benson 
we'll be just the plainest sort of helpers fetching and lifting and that sort of thing until we learn how to do more well you see for one thing boys replied pollard this building of a submarine boat is very important and confidential work now while i like the looks and talk of you both i really don't know a thing about either of you of course you don't jack benson admitted frankly and it's highly important that you should i know that but you can telegraph the principal of the school we attended in oakport and you can telegraph the minister of our church too will abide by just what they say about us and here benson brought his little roll of bills once more into sight we'll pay for the telegrams and the answers that looks right nodded mr pollard with a slight smile there is just one more point the superintendent of the yard mr partridge isn't having anything to do with the building of the pollard after the steel workers and the riveters had finished on the hull then the inside work including the fitting of the machinery was turned over to mr owen our present foreman sometimes he's a crotchety fellow and he might take a dislike to you youngsters i've got to tell you about something that i think will make him take a dislike to us spoke up jack benson candidly and then he recounted the afternoon's affair with dan jaggers yes that certainly will stir up some feeling replied mr pollard in fact it will make it very difficult for you to get along with owen for he thinks a lot of that disagreeable bullying nephew of his and yet benson i like you a whole lot better for your honesty the inventor was silent for some moments puffing slowly at a pipe and then he removed the stem from between his teeth and continued You've made a good impression upon me both of you and particularly with what you say about giving young fellows and young boats a chance to prove themselves you talk like youngsters with some experience and some ideas in the matter of machinery i admire your honesty i also like what you say about the need farnum and i will have in the future of young men who will understand our boats thoroughly i don't know what you can do until we try you out he took a few more thoughtful pulls at his pipe and resumed see here you come to the yard at eight o'clock in the morning ready to do anything that's wanted of you i won't wire but i'll write tonight to the references you've given if we find you're not of much use we'll drop you if your references don't turn out to be unusually good out you go but if you make good you'll have your chance it's just your fighting chance you understand i'll fix the matter with mr farnum and the foreman smiled jack wistfully mr pollard looked grave as he answered look out not to invite any trouble with joshua owen and avoid trouble with jaggers who works in the boat fitting crew i think we can get over the effects of your little trouble this afternoon and now boys give me the addresses of your references and i'll write at once a few moments later the chums bade the inventor good night and then hurried to their own rooms though not to retire at once well demanded jack benson his face radiant as he thought of their fighting chance it was the way you put the whole matter to pollard replied hal hastings jack you're a wonder with your tongue i believe you could talk a hole through a thick board fence we've got our chance anyway and oh hal i believe it's going to be our real chance in life you'll soon be as wild about the pollard as the inventor himself laughed hastings good-naturedly it isn't going to be just the one boat hal urged his chum seriously it's the whole big problem of submarine warfare 
It's going to be the warfare of the future old chum and Starting this early we may become Pollard's real experts his leading men when he's famous successful and rich we may even become his partners through getting up improvements on his ideas hal boy we may even put through our own design of submarine boat one of these days it'll be huge fun anyway if we can get a chance to cruise on a submarine boat underwater and all glowed young hastings say there must be a wonderful thrill to going down deep in the ocean and thus they talked for another hour it was very late when the two turned in nor did they go to sleep at once and yet when the half-past six call came in the morning both boys turned out in a jiffy excitement took the place of rest with them they breakfasted with appetite shortly after half-past seven though the yard was so near jack and hal set out for their first day's work at boat building the gate was open though the yard as they stepped inside had a deserted look the partly finished hulls of two schooners lay on the ways down by the waterfront there were half dozen sloops in various stages of completion there were two houses close to the water's edge in which as the boys afterwards learned motor boats were built but it was a rough shed more than twenty feet high and at least one hundred and twenty feet long running down to the shore that instantly caught jack benson's glance there's where they must be putting the pollard in shape he cried eagerly as he pointed both youngsters hurried toward that shed as they reached it the inventor came into sight around the end he was hollow-eyed though alert he even looked more worried than he had looked the night before ah good morning boys was his greeting early on hand i see when a fellow's whole heart is set on a thing he isn't likely to lie abed until the last moment is he mr pollard inquired benson that speech impressed the inventor most favorably he could appreciate enthusiasm come inside and i'll show you something he said producing a key and leading the way to a door in the side of the shed through the long high windows of the shed an abundance of light fell but jack once inside the door halted looking with lips parted and his eyes wide open oh he murmured what is it inquired the inventor curiously the very wonder of the thing replied benson frankly looking over the whole length of the pollard as she lay propped up on the sturdy ways nor did that simple speech make the inventor think any less of the boy though hal hastings remained silent for some time his fascinated gaze rested steadily on the strange looking outlines of the cigar-shaped hull of the boat the outer hull was of steel plates carefully riveted into place the entire length of the boat was about one hundred and ten feet which in point of size placed her just about in the class of boats of this type which are being constructed today near the center of the boat on the upper side was the conning tower about nine feet in outside diameter and extending some four feet above the sloping deck of the craft around the conning tower extended a flat circular platform deck at the bow of the boat the torpedo tube projected a short distance at the stern the rudder was in place and all was in readiness for placing the propeller shaft and the propeller itself on the floor of the shed near the middle of the strange dangerous boat lay miscellaneous small pieces of machinery and fittings at the starboard side of the boat stood a ladder that ascended to the platform deck 
in the top of the conning tower a manhole cover stood propped up it was through this opening that the workmen entered or left the boat from outside the shed several wires ran in in dark weather these wires carried the current for electric lights in shed and boat i won't ask you aboard until the foreman and other workmen arrive explained mr pollard it'll only be a few minutes to wait while they were still examining the outer hull and discussing the submarine dan jaggers in his workman's clothes reached the open doorway of the shed one look inside and he halted short he gathered from the talk he heard that jack benson and hal hastings were to be added to the pollard's working gang not if i know myself and the foreman and i think i do growled the jaggers youth backing away unseen the next of the workmen to arrive was michael o'brien red-haired and about twenty-eight years of age he was good-humored and talkative and the two boys took an immediate liking to him through the gate of the yard came joshua owen a man of forty-five of medium height broad-shouldered black-haired and with a frame that spoke of great physical power and endurance and yet he had restless rather evil-looking eyes he did not look like the sort of man whom a timid fellow would want for an enemy hold on there unc greeted dan jaggers motioning his foreman uncle aside say you know that cheeky young fellow i told ye about the tricky one that played the sneak on me and gave me this black eye haven't you met him and paid him back yet demanded mr owen hadn't seen him again until just now complained dan what do you think pollard has engaged that fellow and his friend to work on the submarine has eh? without speaking to me about it demanded joshua owen looking anything but pleased of course you'll let pollard know that you're foreman and take on and lay off your own gang hinted jaggers now you leave me alone dan boy to know what to do retorted mr owen then he stepped on toward the long shed a very grim look on his face going inside the shed the foreman looked the two boys over briefly if you young men haven't any business in here he ordered get out and on your way work is about to begin here i'm the foreman oh mr owen hailed the inventor these are two very bright young chaps with some experience that i've engaged to help us out with installing the machinery in the boat couldn't you have consulted me sir asked the foreman again looking keenly at the youngsters when you found out what they can do mr owen replied pollard i believe you'll be rather pleased with them they're hired only on trial you understand i can tell whether we want them before we start work grunted the foreman and with that he began to fire all manner of machine shop questions at both boys yet jack and hal paying respectful heed answered in a way that showed them to be quite well informed about this class of work they won't do mr pollard won't do at all announced foreman owen turning to the inventor i know their kind they're glib talkers and all that but they belong to the know-it-all class of boys i've had a lot of experience with that kind of prentices and i don't want em bothering our work here so i say sir the only thing for you to do is to send them about their business foreman owen spoke as though that settled the matter jack benson and hal hastings felt their hopes oozing i've told the boys they shall have a chance mr owen replied pollard quietly and yet in a tone of authority so of course my word must be kept with them but i'm the foreman exclaimed joshua owen irritably and i'm supposed to exactly interposed david pollard 
you're supposed to obey all instructions from your superiors here and to give your advice when it's wanted i have much at stake in the success of this boat and when i find what looks like good material for our working crew i'm going to try out that material but i don't want to be bothered with boys like these young fellows retorted the foreman angrily this is no job for amateurs the boys remain until they've been well tried out retorted pollard firmly if they can't do our kind of work then of course we'll let them go i'll speak to mr farnum about this business muttered foreman owen turning on his heel three other workmen had arrived during this talk now at the order from owen all climbed the ladder to the platform deck thence disappearing through the manhole electric lights were turned on inside the hull by the time that jack and hal appeared at the manhole opening owen looked upward from the floor of the boat to scowl at them but as mr pollard was right behind them the foreman said nothing at that moment last of all came dan jaggers as he caught sight of the two newcomers he shot at them a look full of hate i thought she said these fellows couldn't work here he muttered to his uncle keep quiet and watch out whispered joshua owen they're not going to work here i'll fix that end of chapter two